It's now time for Season 3 of the Boomtown Pod, your home for all combat sports. Breaking down everything from the UFC, Bellator, and PFL all the way to boxing. This is your home for everything combat. Join your hosts, Andrew Kahn and Cole Smith, as they break down all the latest news, signings, and fight cards so you never miss a beat. This podcast sponsored by RKP Roofing in Regina. For all your roofing requirements, reach out to Randall and the crew for the ultimate roof and home experience. 306-580-9849. This podcast sponsored by FKN Beer. The funniest beer out there without a doubt. Delicious FKN Ale and now the brand new Boom Lagers in store now. Grab yours off the shelf today and enjoy the best Canadian beer. Show the world your hustle with premium quality Rest One Dead apparel. Designed for an aesthetic look. Visit them today at restwendead.ca. Sandman Boxing System and Blue Collar Media Group. Partners and sponsors since day one. Now, here's your hosts, Andrew Kahn and Cole Smith. Season 3 is live now. Hell yeah, we are. Oh, man, I love that intro. It just gets me fired up every single time I see it. Shout out to our editor and video editor, Mark Guardo, who absolutely kills it every single time. Uh, this is our second year using his videos, and, like, they just get better. And he's getting so good at this. He does it for all of Blue Collar Media Group. I am Andrew Khan, Of course, this is the Boomtown Pod, your home for combat sports over that way. Over there, that guy. Yeah, his <laughs> name's Cole Smith. Of course, you can find him at Sandman Boxing System. Cole, how the hell are you, man? Good man, it's been uh, it's been a while, but it's been yeah. Uh... Go... go ahead. Yeah, before we went on, I literally was saying that like it's crazy to think that this is our first one of 2023. But I mean, realistically, uh, there hasn't been a whole hell of a lot going on in the world of combat sports because they have that little Christmas lull between Christmas and New Year's, where you just don't really like get a whole lot of combat sports in your life. But now we've kind of woken up. We had our first UFC card this past weekend, which we're going to break into. We had some major boxing announcements that were made, too. So we're going to get into all of that. But, of course, we can't do that without our terrific sponsors. And, of course, this episode, of course, sponsored by FKN Ale. Oh, my gosh. Their new boom beer for us. It is unbelievable. So make sure to go try that out. Plus, their normal FKN Ale is super good as well. Blue Collar Media Group, Sandman Boxing System over there. Uh, love those guys. Thank you for being with us since they won their call. Not only a co-host, but a sponsor of the pod. We love them so much. And they have some really cool sweaters because I wanted to announce it on social media, but I thought maybe I should just let Cole say it while he's on the podcast. So, Cole, I know we've been a little busy, but you've been busier than most. What can these <laughs> folks get with these, buddy? Uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, if you don't know, I'm having a, a baby in June, you guys. So, uh, we, we kind of made a, a fun little, uh, new hoodies. Uh, these guys right here, nice and simple. Um, and yeah, we got these brown ones. We also got, uh, blue or pink, uh, you know, boy or girl, and that's kind of the special we're doing right now for a limited time. Where we got these uh, these hoodies going for for one more week, so uh, give us a shout and and uh, we'll get you a hoodie. It's obviously going to be <laughs> Team Blue, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. yeah Uncle Andrew's very excited. Um, no, it's going to be <laughs> it's, it's so crazy because I 
I, I remember when you guys told me I was just beyond excited and I had to keep it hush hush for a real long time. So I did it. I'm like Kevin from the <laughs> office. I did it. I kept it quiet. I kept the secret. I knew I could do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, congratulations going out to you and Demi. That's that's pretty incredible stuff. Um, and of course, Rest When Dead Apparel. They're one of our newest sponsors this year. Restwindead.ca. Congratulations to going out to them. They've got some crazy stuff going on. Uh, they've got bodybuilders who are wearing their stuff like all over the world already. So they're doing incredible stuff. Not bad for a business from Moose Jones, Saskatchewan. So uh, we love Aaron and the crew. Thank you so much for your support uh, in season three. Now, of course, before we get into this segment, one is, of course, the weeks that were, because usually we talk about the week that was. But again, we've been gone for a while. So, of course, this is sponsored by FKN Ale and FKN Boom Lager, as I've talked about in liquor stores everywhere. Go get them. And if you want them in your stores, actually, this was really cool. Kirk the, actually reached out to me, let everybody know that if there's a place that you want them to be in, let us know. We'll reach out and we can definitely set up some kind of partnership with them too, which is really awesome. And that's what this whole thing is about. Is it all about just people supporting people, man? That's what it's about. That's what the world should be about. So I'm very, very excited for Kirk and the group there. Now, uh, this weekend, UFC 283 took place. Great card. We're going to break into all kind of the matchups, what's kind of next for each fighter. But, you know, this one was really cool to kick the thing off. We got to see Jose Aldo inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, there's no one more deserving, in my mind, uh, to be in the Hall of Fame. This guy is through and through one of the most amazing athletes, one of the most incredible careers. He was on a 13-fight winning streak before he lost to Conor McGregor, which I know a lot of people will say, well, that hurt his reputation. And maybe it did. But 13 fights, he literally beat everybody who's anybody in that division. I mean, you think about the names that he beat when he was in WEC. Cub Swanson, Mike Brown, who's now a coach of pretty much every single champ that's ever been. Uriah Faber, uh, Manny Gambrin, I mean, Mark Hominick. And then all of a sudden, he made that transition, like I said, into the UFC, beating Kenny Florian, Chad Mendez, Frankie Edgar, Chansung John, Ricardo Lamas, Chad Mendez again. And then, of course, obviously losing to Conor McGregor. But my goodness, like, there's not a guy who deserves this more. 100% man that's uh Aldo man he was like he was the man he he's still the man you know he's uh you know even even though like people have the argument of he's he he was fighting past his prime he was still beating guys in the top 5 fighting past his prime you know you got to give it up to him he's done it all he's beat everybody and uh you know he's always been in the in the top has he ever le left the top 5 Never, no, never. No. And I mean, it's crazy so. because if you think about this, when he was still, when he, he went on a bit of a, a little downslide after the McGregor fight, we all know that, but then he came back and beat, you know, like he had some hard matchups. Like he, he lost to Connor, beat Frankie Edgar again, lost to Max Holloway twice in some pretty crazy fights, came back, beat Jeremy Stevens and Renato Carreno, which was crazy. And then he fought like pretty much the who's who of that division with Alexander Vinovs, uh, Volkanovsky, who's a champ, Marlon Moraes, who, I mean, that was a tough call. And then Peter Yawn, obviously, as well. But then he beat Marlon Vera, beat Pedro Munoz, beat Rawant, and then lost to Marav Davachali. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that this man, still years after they said he was past his prime, was still lighting it the fuck up in the UFC. Definitely. Definitely. One of the, just the best, the best to do it. And, and yeah, still and putting people away, you know? So. Yeah, and it was and it was really cool that they did the announcement when they did. I'll give a lot of props to the UFC for making that announcement. 
He's at home. He's in Brazil. He's at the fight card. You could just see what that meant to him. Like he kissed his trainer right in the head. He's just like, I'm here, you big, beautiful bitch. We did it. You know, it was just like he's had the same camp his entire career, which is absolutely amazing. And then, of course, his beautiful his beautiful wife was right beside him, gave him a kiss there, too. And it's just like it's so insanely awesome that they waited until he was back home to make that announcement. I think that says a lot. Um, about the general direction that I think the UFC wants to go with its reputation and its image right now, because we're going to get into that. It's not the greatest <laughs> thing you've ever seen at the moment. And of course, if you've been living under a rock, we're going to break it down for you. But um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, Jose Aldo finishing his career with 31 wins, eight losses, which is bananas. And like I said, the people that he's to are the who's who of that division, including Alexander Volkanovsky who is the current champion in said division. So, um, yeah, it was it had a lot of a lot of moving parts to it. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what's next for his career. I think for some odd reason, I think he's going to be a trainer. I think he'll be a coach. Just so smart. He saw things way differently than anybody else did, especially in his peak prime era. I mean, I really, really do think that he comes coach. Do you think he, do you think he does it? Yeah, I like it's 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 all he's ever done is is fight so and and he seems like uh he seems like a, a like a genuinely good person you know so uh I, I feel like he he is gonna feel a little bit obligated to pass on the knowledge you know yeah yeah like words of wisdom to anybody that's coming up from brazil too because i mean damn i they had a like caption of brazilian fighters there's 113 current active fighters from brazil on the roster when he first started there was 21 yeah that's nuts that's nuts banana stat i was like there's no way that's possible and i was like i thought about it. i'm like yeah brazilian fighters weren't really big names like anderson silva you had for sure you had mauricio gunrua who obviously this weekend retired you had jose aldo and then after that like you had tiago alves who kind of flirted a little bit but there was never really like a top 2015 kind of you know, listing that they had back then. So, I mean, now there's a hundred fighters. So that I'm telling you, Jose Aldo is a huge reason why there's 110 of them that are in that, in that cage right now. So yeah, I think he comes back coaching and he's going to do a tremendous job. Congratulations on the absolutely stellar career, Jose Aldo. We couldn't be happier for anybody else, man. I, I like the most deserving dude, honestly. Yeah. Um. So speaking of that, UFC 283 in Brazil, I'm calling this every fight card that we're going to do. We're going to have a new name for this. We're going to have this one listed as the so many moving parts card because there was so many weird things that happened in this card. And I was like, I loved it because it gives us something to talk about. But we started off the night, of course, starting with Paul Craig taking on Johnny Walker on the main event or on the main card. Uh, man, Johnny Walker, dude, was on this high and then got knocked out like four times. And I was like, oh, man, is he ever going to come back and be the same fighter? Goes back. At uh, I think it was UFC, I think 280, and he won his last fight. And I was like, okay. And that's the night that he got locked out of the of, of the UFC building. And everybody was like, he's like, I'm a fighter. My shorts are on, whatever. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, go, go see the clip. It's actually hilarious. And then he just partied for like a month. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been inconsistent. And he's taking on Paul Craig. And Paul Craig is one of the toughest sons of bitches in MMA today. So when I looked at this matchup, I went with Paul Craig and I'm like, yo, he's just been on a vicious tear, including, you know, a, a win over the soon to be champ later on in that evening. So I was like, all right, Paul Craig, he's got wins over the last two champions in that division. So I'm like, there's gotta be a way that he gets past Johnny Walker. Hell 
No. I was wrong by a million percent. Johnny Walker uh, catches Paul Craig's leg kick, throws like a, a down strike, kind of just hits him in the head and, and behind the ear area, and Paul Craig is like out. Like he's just – he's done. Like And then, of course, Johnny hits him with like 15 hammer fists afterwards that definitely finished him. Uh, dude, what do you make of Johnny Walker so far? Like I'm so confused by this guy. Yeah, I – yeah, I – uh did not see that coming. I'm uh, and even like even though he won, I like if they fought ten times, Paul Craig's winning eight of those. I think, I think yeah, it was I like it, I think it was John Johnny Walker's night, uh, which is you know like we're gonna have to see. Like I, I, I can't see him being a champion. I can't see him holding it. I can't, I just can't see it unless he's like done some significant changes. Uh, and it, it, su it, it sucks for me because I would have loved to see Paul Craig, uh, you know, start moving up and, and uh, maybe get a title shot. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. He's uh he's a machine and, and he's beat a lot of great people and he's uh, yeah, that's, it was, it was unfortunate, but you know, that's the name of the game. It, this is the same guy, Paul Craig, the, the bear Jew that snapped literally Jamal Hill's arm out yeah. of his socket. So, I mean, it's not like he hasn't faced the who's who of this division. He's beaten the who's who of this division now, officially. Um, but I was hoping that if he would have won this fight, yeah. I mean, the light heavyweight division, dude, is just so stuck in the mud right now. Yeah, They, they have no idea what's going on. Glover just retired, right? Let's yeah. face it. John Jones moved up to heavyweight. So that puts a big hole there. We're going to talk about John in a bit here. Uh, and then, of course, like it's like there's Anthony Smith didn't make weight this weekend. And I know that's not a huge issue because he was a spare fighter and a secondary fighter. So I know he would probably come in heavy, especially if he was giving a late minute, like last minute notice, which essentially was the situation. But it's a clusterfuck. Diego Santos has fallen off the radar. I mean, he's not as good as he used to be. Dominic Reyes has fallen off a cliff. I mean, the UFC light heavyweight division is just really weird right now. And, I mean, the Glover announcement expected sucks. But at the same time, it's like, what does the UFC do now? Like, they got to bring somebody in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's kind of – it's, it's – it's kind of unfortunate because honestly, if Paul Craig would have won, it would have kind of set up the year because Hill and and uh, Yuri would have had had their fight, right. and then Paul Craig probably would have been the next guy, right? And kind of would have had the year planned. But now it's like, what do you do with everyone else? Yeah, and, yeah, and I, don't, I don't even know who the two runner ups are. Are because like well, I still don't think Johnny Walker should be. No, but uh, the, the crazy thing is like let's not forget that the last card that we did was Megomed Ankalaev, right, taking on Jan Blahovich. And I mean, realistically, Dana was so upset with that fight at light heavyweight that he immediately called Glover and was like, "Yeah, you and Jamal are fighting for the title." Like, there's I'm not having that rematch. It was brutal. It was a terrible fight. I'm not yeah. doing that again. And I'm just like, if those are your two and three guys, you might then have what to. The hell, do you do? You you might have to rematch them, right? Like I, what else? I think that's the only thing that realistically makes sense is that they fight those two have a rematch. I mean, I hope it's better than the first fight. Um, <laughs> just a little bit more action would be phenomenal. Um, but I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, yo, 
the light heavyweight division, people for years were saying like the bantamweight division was stuck in the mud. And then welterweight after GSP left was a little dicey for a little while. But then now it's focused onto the light heavyweight. And I'm like, yeah, it's a clusterfuck. Like it's, it's going to be hard for these guys to really move on um, and have decent matchups. Because again, like you alluded to, Paul Craig wins. We're not talking about this. Like this is way different of a matchup now. So yeah, well, we'll it's, it's, it's a wait and see, I think in the light heavyweight division. Um, uh, yeah, I just <laughs> matchups. There's really not a ton that make a ton of sense besides Angle of taking on. I mean, I would like to see him take Anthony Smith on uh, again. Uh, but again, these are all rematches that are going to happen, right? Because all these guys have fought each other at least mm-hmm. once. So uh, yeah, UFC's going to have either find a prospect, you know, from PFL or they go over to Bellator and see who's available over there. Uh, there's a guy named Gegger Musasi who I think believes uh, he might deserve another chance at light heavyweight. Uh, just saying that would be the guy that I go out and try to uh, lure off the bench, if you will, to come join my team. I'm, I'm paying Gegard whatever the hell he wants for the light heavyweight division. So um, I think he had a, a just a weird run when he was in the UFC, and I think it's time for him to come back and take that goddamn title because you know he would. There's just there's nobody that matches up against Gegard in this division. Yeah, he's he's my yeah he's my favorite. Like he's my. Uh... He just makes things look too easy. That's why I like him. He's just like, he's just chill. He's just in there. You could tell he actually just likes being in there. And uh, he's he's beat everybody too. He's he's just like, he just crushes people and he makes it look not hard. That's why I like him so much. It's just like, he's just like in there, picking you apart. He's just like, gonna looks like he's going to fall asleep half the time. (laughs) And he just does his thing and it's that easy. And I, I like that a lot. The only stipulation there is that they're going to have to pay Gagger a ton of money to come over. That's that's the only issue that I could see being a thing because Bellator has free range pay, right? Get paid yeah. for their sponsors. Yeah. It's not like they're just locked to Venom, right? These guys get paid for all this stuff too. So um, that's the war that's going on. But we'll get into Bellator because some late news broke before we uh, jumped on here. We're going to kind of recap that too. But let's continue with the card at 283. We had Lauren Murphy taking on Jessica Andrade. And my God. That was a beatdown. Um, Jessica Andrade with the unanimous decision victory. I mean, she just beat the absolute breaks off of Lauren Murphy. Um, there was not one part of that fight where Jessica Andrade was ever in trouble. But the thing with this is, and this is what pisses me off with Andrade. She's such a good fighter. Her her punches, I don't know who she's been working with as a boxing coach lately, but her punches this fight were immaculate. Like, everyone landed. It was insanely calculated how good she was uh popped in in and out her head work is the best that i've seen it but every time she faces people that are in the top five she loses so i i'm just curious if like i wonder if this is going to be this jessica andrage moment now i'm not taking away she's a former champ in this division and i think she could probably do it again the way that she looked on saturday uh and and for lauren murphy if you want to go take a look at that girl's face um I don't know, Lauren, at 39 years old, I'm not saying you might want to call it a career, but, you know, you went on that big run near the end, and I think it probably should be the end for Lauren Murphy. I think she's going to get outclassed by every girl in this division right now. Like, it's just insane how thick that division is. Um, for Jessica Andrade, uh, what did you make of the performance, man? I Yeah, I thought I thought it was amazing, and I thought uh, – I don't know what you think, but I thought it, it should have been stopped. I thought there was uh, – I like there's no point like nothing's changing nothing's 
there's not even like attempts at like some big shots. It was just like, you know, like thirty twenty five. It, that's a that's insane. I don't know. It, it's yeah. it's tough to watch at at a certain point. At, at some points too, and I mean, I I thought the commentary for this was just horrendous. This this card, I thought it was really really bad. Uh, and usually I don't say that because they're all consummate professionals. I mean, John Anik really had to carry the boatload. But listening to Cormier speak for the first time, I, I I kind of listened to him and I listened to what he was saying. Usually he's just you know all over the map with what he's talking about, but he literally said how Lauren Murphy's corner didn't stop the fight going into that third round and make her take significantly less damage. I mean, she was being outstruck 115 to 20. Yeah, that's like, insane. That's, that's a, that's a huge, you think about a non-title fight first and foremost, if it's a title fight, I don't give a shit. Take the damage. Right. right. As, as Glover proved, he said, fucking a, like that was one of the quotes he used. Like, fucking a, let's do it. You're not going to yeah. stop in a title fight. There's no way. Um, but in this, you don't need to take that damage. You're not going to get the number one title shot. I mean, I still think that belongs to Thug Rose when she gets back from whatever she's doing. Um, and, and, and honestly, I just think it's like for Lauren Murphy, unnecessary damage. Again, you're 39 years old. You're getting picked apart in there. Her corners. I don't, like I was listening to her corners talking. I was just like, yo, what are you doing for your fighter? And, like, and I think the, I think the difference between that and Glover is, um, Never in that fight did I think Glover couldn't come back and win. Right. I never in one, even in any round, did I say it's over and Hill has this from now on. Right. I always thought that Glover was still connecting with big shots sometimes, shooting for those takedowns, and it was ne he was never completely out. And uh, Mur Murphy wasn't doing that. It was she, she was out. Head movement was terrible. Her positioning was terrible. She she couldn't get any combination going. I think she maybe landed one three-piece combo, and congratulations. That's as about as good as it got for Lauren Murphy. Um, I, I agree, dude. I think her corner should have stepped up in that third round and been like, Lauren, like, I love you, girl, but this is this isn't right. Like, you're just getting killed right now. We we can't have this. And especially because it's the first pay-per-view of, of the year. Now, I know Lauren Murphy is a fighter's fighter. She is going to go forward and continue to be that fighter. Um, but again, I think father time or mother time, I guess, in the women's division, uh, all gets to us at some point. And I think this is going to be the end of Lauren Murphy. Um, and Jessica Andrade is probably just chomping at the bit to fight Thug Rose for that number one contender spot. I mean, I think that's the matchup you have to make at this point. I know it's the third time that they're going to fight, but yo, the way that I saw Andrade, she looks like a completely different transformed fighter as compared to what she was the first two times that she fought uh, Thug Rose. What do you think? Especially that drop on the head. I mean, shitty finish in that fight yeah yeah i think that's i think yeah that's a that's that's the fight that like that's awesome i think that's uh yeah that's the one yeah i mean it makes the most sense to me in that division especially uh moving into the welterweight division we had gilbert burns taking on the ufc veteran neil magny who never never ever ever backs down from a fight i've got a ton of respect for neil magny um he took this fight uh against gilbert burns knowing damn well that gilbert is already looking past him he did not give a shit about neil magny and it showed i mean just domination start yeah. to finish uh gilbert burns is a bad bad man he has taken that loss to Kamzat personally. Um, he looked sharp. His takedown was disgustingly accurate. Uh, his 
is punching again. Just so precise. It's an underrated part of Gilbert Burns. He's got so much power in those hands. And uh, getting to fight at home, I think, was a big thing for Gilbert as well. And then he beats the shit out of Neil Magny, gets on the mic, and goes, Kobe Covington, I want you. No, UFC, pump that into my veins. Give me 50 cc's of that stat because I think that is a hell of a matchup. Yeah, where is Kobe? It's been a year, man. Uh, it's been a year. It's it's crazy. Now, I don't I've been trying to follow. He's still active on all the socials. Um, there's no real updates or any information in regards to him not being around. I don't know if it's just like he's taking the year to like be less mm. of a dick. I don't like I don't know. <laughs> like I, I really don't know, but I know that he had that uh, assault case with Jorge or uh, Jorge Mazadal um at the nightclub a few months back there. We briefly yeah. discussed it last season, but I mean, realistically, I think he's just taking his time. I mean, I think he wants to make a matchup that makes the most sense for him, but I think Gilbert Burns is that guy. Yeah, um, that's a solid match. That's like I, a overall. That's it's a crazy. It's it either go stand and bang or it's going to yeah. be an unbelievable wrestling competition. Like, and, and honestly, I have no pick. I, I have no idea who would win that. That's like a honestly, it's a perfect match. Both of them are their striking is good, their wrestling is good. There, maybe like Kobe has a little bit more cardio. Uh, he could get him there if it was a five five round fight. But that yeah, that rematch that's huge too. The the Kamzat Burns. Here's the thing: I don't know if Kamzat wants to go back to welterweight. I just saw a recent photo of him, and he's like 190. Like oh really? Like yeah. ripped 190, like big 190. And I'm like, boy, he's already said that he's going to have a problem. Like he missed that weight cut against Nate Diaz, I think on purpose now that I look about it. But I mean, realistically, that's like you missed weight by eight pounds. That's a significant amount of weight to lose by. And especially when you've had a full camp, like there's no excuses yeah. in that. Um, So to him to drop down to welterweight, I don't know. Like we talked about the light heavyweight division being stuck. Just comes out, move to light heavyweight, and just roll through everybody there. Like the kid is a special talent, and he can definitely do it. But I mean, for Gilbert Burns, give me Kobe Covington. I mean that that should be your number one contender fight right there. I, I don't I, like people will be like, oh, that's crazy. Hell no, man. Gilbert Burns has earned that respect at this point, um, especially being Neil Magny, who's always down. Like I'm not taking anything yeah. away from Neil Magny. He's a complete fighter, and like he just got worked. Like there was from start to finish, just worked. Um, so for Neil Magny, uh, he's probably gonna take another fight. He wants to fight Jorge Mazadal. He's already said it. So give me that fight too. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, awesome. Magny, that's a great matchup. Like yeah. you, unlike the light heavyweight division where you're confused about what matchups to make. I mean, welterweight, there's a ton of them to make right now. And, uh, yeah, I really, dude, I really want Covington and Burns. Give me that. Like I said, 50 CCs of that matchup. Um, and then it's funny because after the fight was done and they did the post fight press conference. He literally said, and this is the best part. He's like, Kobe's actually like a really nice guy. He's like, I was out with my wife and he saw me and I said, thank you. And I was trying to be intimidating, but like, he just came up to me. He's like, brother, great performance against Kamza. Like you were unreal. And he's just like, he's like, I put on this stick because the UFC wants me to do it. I'm a bad guy. So why stop now? And I'm like, I've been saying this for years. It's a fucking shtick for you to buy the pay-per-view. It's a reason for us to be watching the fights. Kobe Covington is the master of cringe. Mm -hmm. I mean, once, once Cejudo left, who was going to do it? No one except for Kobe. And the thing is, Kobe backs it the fuck up too. So it's yeah. just like, he's a tough guy, a great wrestler, a stand-up guy. No one wants to like him, but it's his shtick. And like Gilbert Burns even saying like, 
That's what he said to me. Me and my wife really enjoyed him. We had a drink with him. He's like, it's not a personal call out by any any stretch of the imagination. He said, I just know that that's the guy that I have to beat to become the number one contender. And I'm like, touche. Like, I mean, good call. So it's a, a logistical, sensical call out for uh, Gilbert Burns. And I hope that matchup happens. And of course, we uh, dive into our co-main event of the evening. Uh, I'm glad this whole situation is over so we don't have to talk about it anymore because this has been so many fight cards with them. Uh, of course, Devison Fierdo taking on Brandon Moreno. Uh, this is number four for those that have been paying attention to this. We've recapped the same fight four times. Uh, <laughs> a re different result each time. Obviously, Devison Fierdo getting the majority split draw win the first time at the Apex, which was a great fight. Probably one of my favorite fights of all time in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Moreno comes back, wins it in Mexico, which was crazy, uh, in his hometown, which was cool. Devison Fierdo comes out, wins the next rematch, and then Brandon Moreno's like, bro, how come you get a rematch right away, but I don't get one? So, like, give me that rematch. So, Brandon Moreno, it was a great fight. I mean, for for uh, those that watch the card, you'll understand when I say it, it was 2-1. The cards were 2-1. Brandon Moreno had won two rounds. Devison Fierdo in that third round was doing a really good job. I thought he did a tremendous job trying to pick his spots. Uh, he got the takedown early against Moreno. Uh, Moreno, to his credit, did stand up pretty quickly. Uh, he's a very good underrated wrestler, uh, I have to say, for Brandon Moreno. He gets out of positions very, very smartly. And when he's on top, he's very weird. Like, he had the top mount position against the fence there in the second round. He just kept, like, rubbing his head and his chin so that Devison could never, like, grab him or like do anything and it was just like an unorthodox approach that i really haven't seen too many guys that don't do wrestling for a living do and i was like good for brandon moreno obviously he's done his homework you should when you fight a guy four times um but yeah realistically man uh we got a, like a somewhat controversial finish to the fight um i think moreno landed a nasty punch man that was a gorgeous close fist punch um with ufc gloves now i've had a lot of people reach out to us here on boomtown and be like what did i think well if you wear a UFC glove, you'll notice that the bone is out for a reason. Like you can't have that eliminated because then you would literally just have your finger like that as you have a closed fist. So you'd be eye poking every time you throw a, a punch, right? So in order for them to close the fist, they have to have that open. So what happened was, and now I've watched the replay a million times, Brad Moreno hits him with the left, hits him directly in the eye, but he hits him with his knuckle and, and the knuckle caused all the swelling all of it was just sucked right up right away. Like he had no vision out of that eye after that punch. The controversial part to it is after he hit that Moreno did slide and kind of push off on his head, but had the open hand. And, and that's what, you know, everybody's gonna be like, Oh, I poke, I poke, I poke. I'm like, nah, dude, that was clean as shit. That was a beautiful left hand from Brandon Moreno. Uh, controversial or not cool. I don't think so. I don't think it's controversial at all. I think uh, it was a clean shot. And, um, I remember, I never seen it, but I just heard Daniel Cormier saying from the other angle, when he put his hand out, it was on his forehead. It didn't even actually touch his eye. Uh, there is a clean shot of it from the other angle. I missed it, though. I just heard Daniel Cormier talking, and then when I looked, it was gone. But um, he said that when you look from the other side, you can actually see all the fingers, nothing touches the eye. Um, but I just wanted to, to uh, correct you quickly. Because this was actually the, the deciding fight because the second fight was actually a draw. Right, right, right. Majority draw. Right, right. You're yeah. right. So right, Moreno yes. just actually took the series with this with this win. 
Right. Yeah. My bad. No, it, you talk about so many fights, you lose track yeah, yeah. of what the hell you're talking <laughs> about, uh, especially when I've been doing this for three straight years. Um, and I thought it was interesting, too, because the last fight, Figueredo was pretty dominant. It was a pretty easy fight for him. And to see Moreno come back and then, like, wrestle majority of yeah. the fight and, like, just take control and dominate was really interesting. And I, yeah, I really, yeah, that was really cool to see from Moreno to kind of switch it up like that. I was proud of Moreno. I mean, really, yeah. honestly, everybody's been sitting on this guy for so long. And, like, I, I, I want him as a champion. I want him to be in that, you know, um, division for a while. And I know, obviously, he's going to be as a champ. And it sounds by all, you know, stretch of the imagination that, like, you know, who's who's next? Because Devison Fierdo is moving up. He yeah, he did before his fight, right? Yeah, well, I mean, he had a nasty weight cut. I mean, yeah. I was paying attention to that. He said, like, I'm so depleted. I'm not feeling good. Like, I'm losing 30 to 40 pounds of weight cut. I'm like, dude, it's time for you to move up. And I was so happy to hear him. From his weigh-in to when he walked in the cage, he put on 22 pounds. It's insane. That's yeah. one day. That's one day. 24 hours of hydration and food insane like, that's wild and i was just like yo you don't need like we you don't owe us anything because he's been a beast in that division for years and as you get older you can attest to this and so can i it's hard we can lose the weight but it's so much harder to keep it off you know like it, it's and especially when you're doing it every four months every six months really uh because you're a champ i mean it's it's a tough gig man and so i'm happy to see him make the announcement that he's gonna go up uh mm -hmm. to, to the next division uh and there's endless opportunities I mean, oh yeah really, you, that you, opens you, up you everything Devinson right now in the title contention yeah and i think yeah. you would stand with the best of them definitely that's a, that's exciting tell me he, he doesn't get volkanovsky a run for his money yeah no like, i yeah I, I agree like i mean devison's got power and the fact that he wouldn't be depleted and have that actual built-up power again in that division against Volkanovski, who just loves to stand and bang, also underrated wrestler. Um, man, it, give me that matchup. Oh, geez, when he said that, I was like, I looked at my buddy who was with me, and I was just like, yo, this is the matchup they have to make. Like, I just want to see Fierdo. Maybe the, I know the UFC's route. They'll move him up. He'll get a top five guy. Devison will win if he does, uh, and then get a title shot immediately. But he's earned it. I mean, he's yeah. he's a hell of a competitor. Uh, and I again, take nothing away from Brandon Moreno. That was an absolutely brilliant performance. He's going to be the champion there, I think, for quite some time. Um, he's just a step above better than everybody else I watch in that division. He's just he's got this weird orthodox like hand movement, but his hands are always up. Like he never he's very smart. He takes like a boxer's approach when he's in there because he doesn't take big blows he doesn't take significant damage and it's smart because i mean he's only 27 years old so he's going to continue fighting for a while but he just blocks and he's always moving those arms and even when like fierro was trying to throw those head kicks like he always he was always there on time with it so um unorthodox style really boxing ish but like a really good wrestler it's so unorthodox when you watch him it's kind of weird but yeah, congratulations to Brandon Moreno, who uh, continues his role uh, and is going to be the flyweight champion, I think, for a little bit of time. And then we get into what I call the stuck in the mud division, the light heavyweight division right now, man. It's we talked about it. A lot of a lot of red flags just kind of popping up all over. But I'm going to take nothing away from the performance that Jamal Hill gave us against Glover Teixeira because my goodness gracious, Jamal Hill silenced every single critic about him and he was unbelievable in this performance yeah like i it uh like i'm a huge glover fan like he's my he's my favorite light heavyweight uh so i was i was yelling i was yelling for him i was cheering for him i was uh 
Um, but Hill, he just like surprised me that whole fight. Every round after he threw bombs, I expected him to be more tired, and he never got more tired, which is impressive. Uh, it's like he was not – he was throwing bombs, and the, how fast he can throw those head kicks was wild. Uh, so his like athleticism is – and his like awareness is very good. Uh, yeah, I, I earned a lot of respect for him in that fight. That was awesome. Yeah, you alluded to the one thing that I was going to talk about. Holy shit, those head kicks. Because, like, I mean, he was loading up on them. And Glover just ate them. Like, there was <laughs> – I mean, he just – like, Glover's as tough as they come, man. You want to talk about anything about Glover to share? I'm going to talk nothing but respect because after watching that, man, that guy earned it. I mean, these head kicks would have knocked me out in, like, the third kick he gave me. Like, there's no <laughs> way – even if I'm blocking them, I'm dead. Like – it just so much power behind his kicks. And, you know, they had a little cool little footage um, uh, montage uh, of it during the prelims, actually right before the Shogun fight. And they were like kind of dissecting Jamal Hill's game and his coaches were dissecting like what Glover does really, really well. And when Glover's on top of you, he's a monster, right? Like he's big, he's strong and his jujitsu game is out of this goddamn world. So, I'm going to give Jamal Hill's like corner a ton of credit because in that fifth round, when he got taken down, I'm like, uh Oh, we got it. Yeah. And I said, you, we have a Chael son and Anderson Silva situation brewing here where it's like Chael son to beat the brakes off of Anderson for four straight rounds, which Jamal Hill was doing the Glover. And then he took him down and Anderson submitted him because his jiu-jitsu was just nuts. And I'm like, Oh, Jamal Hill, you're in a world of trouble because you know, you got a guy over there who can definitely do that to you. Um, so I'm just glad that, you know, after watching that footage, Jamal Hill used the exact same technique he used in that montage. So he is a student of the game. He learned yeah. everything. And I, so what I took away from that, I was just like, to me, that's beyond impressive. Like you took the time to study your opponent that much on such a short notice. Let's not forget this matchup got made almost a month and a half ago. It's not like it's a long time. And he literally was just so prepared. And it, and that's that's his camp, man. And I think Jamal Hill is going to be a force to reckon with in the light heavyweight division. Um, you know, there's a lot of, like we said, there's a lot of weird names that kind of pop up in this this whole matchup area that you could give them. Um, I think, obviously, Ankolaev against, you know, Smith or Ankolaev versus Blahovich again and whoever wins out of those three guys. I think Anthony Smith deserves to be the number one guy. And, and the only reason why I say that is because he traveled across the world. I know he didn't make weight, but to travel across the world, to be the backup number one guy, usually that means you're next in line. I mean, and Anthony Smith kind of earned it because he was supposed to fight Jamal Hill on this card. And then they pulled that from him and gave him Glover. So, I mean, if anybody does deserve this after putting in probably four camps at this point, it seems like it's Anthony Smith. Yeah, and or, or just give him one of those guys. They don't want to make the rematch give smith a well, fight with one of them yeah. right one of them uh to earn that because yeah i guess when is jerry coming back that's a great question yeah i don't if it's this year that's obviously going to probably be next but if it's still a ways away yeah maybe do that fight and then the win i don't know but yeah i think anthony, one, like, just for the bullshit that he went through i think anthony smith deserves this i mean you, you, you pack up all your stuff, you're getting ready for a camp, then you're told that you're not fighting this guy anymore, and you could see how upset he was when they made that announcement on air. Like, everybody replays it because you could just see, like, 
the life get sucked right out of them. I mean, not only are you worried about weight cuts, you're worried about, you know, paying your camps. You're worried about the gym stuff. You're like, it's just, you put all this time and effort into it. This is their livelihood. And then for that fight to just be, be pulled out of you after you've been training so damn hard for four months, it's like, you know, shit, what's next? So, I mean, the way that the UFC did them, kind of dirty, but I mean, I get why they made the matchup they did. Now Jamal Hill's a champ for a reason. Now, again, I do think Blahovich and Ankalaev need to rematch, but something tells me that Dana White, just being who Dana White is, is going to give him a shot, Anthony Smith, that is, uh, just for what he's been through. Now, if Anthony Smith would have made weight, I would say it's a real good chance that he gets it. The fact right. that he missed by a pound, I don't like it's not that much. It's not terrible, but he also wasn't prevent like he even said like he they had him on uh during the fights too. He said I wasn't really prepared for it. Like he's like I just got told that I was going to be a backup fighter and that's a hard thing for me to cut cuz he's a big boy. Like he could yeah. fight at heavyweight tomorrow if he wanted to. So uh yeah man, that was that, that was pretty pretty crazy. Just one one thing I wanted to add that was like going through my mind watching that fight is uh like how powerful was Rumble Johnson Christ to Almighty. put to put Glover out with one punch after watching Jamal Hill land so many clean uppercuts, kicks, punches, and couldn't put Glover away, and Rumble did it with one uppercut. <laughs> you know. Let me fill you in with the stat: two hundred and thirty-two strikes were landed by Jamal Hill in that fight. That is the most in UFC light heavyweight history, and he could barely. Finish Glover Teixeira. Meanwhile, Rumble Johnson threw 13 strikes. <laughs> That's insane. So rest in peace, Rumble. Uh, yeah. We we miss you. We love you. Uh, and to be honest, man, when they put up that stat, you know, Twitter went wild. They're like, how fucking tough was Rumble Johnson that he was able to do that with one punch? I'm like, yo, that uppercut sent Glover Teixeira to the goddamn moon. <laughs> and it also, it also changed Glover Teixeira's approach to like, fighting right. and life because after that he won five in a row and a yeah. title so it's just like it, it, it's crazy what the sport does and then rumble just stopped fighting after he lost and, to dc right and when you look at glover's losses they're they're like they're against the number one the number two or the champion that's it yeah yeah, yeah no, glover's, it. if you look at resumes and we've talked about this before if you look at resumes hand over like Hand over hand, who, you know, any organization ever. I mean, Glover Teixeira has literally beat the who's who of everybody and and then lost to the who's who of that division at that time. So nothing but respect for Glover Teixeira, uh, who announced his retirement during the fight as well, put his gloves in the ring, said that's it for me. He got to retire at home. I mean, the guy's got six kids. I don't think he needs to absorb 232 more punches. Um, still tough as they come. Uh, mm -hmm. mad love, you know, that, you know, we talked about Jose Aldo being in the hall of fame. You just know Glover Teixeira is there within probably the next year. Uh, 2024 is going to be my assumption when he gets into the wing for the fighters division and rightfully so, man, there's, yeah. there's I, I think there was, a, there was a stat. Someone was talking about since the UFC rankings have been invented, Glover has not left the top 10. Incredible. Since, since the UFC put the UFC rank top 10 of each division, since they've had that. Glover's never left it, which is pretty cool. It's insane. And that's the kind of legend this man is. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for uh, Glover's future. I'm sure he's going to be a coach. Um, he actually mentioned it in the uh, in the Octagon, how he's going to get Alex Pierre ready uh, and get him ready for his next title fight, um, which is awesome. And mm -hmm. let's talk about Alex Pierre maybe jumping over to light heavyweight because holy shit did he death glare Jamal Hill. Like, Alex Pierre is a scary human being. Yeah, that's that. That's a cool fight.
That would make the if if he moved up, that would make light heavyweight so much more interesting. Like Izzy can have his title back. Honest to God. Like if <laughs> yeah, they were to like yeah. if they were honestly like, hey, we want you to move up because man, the death glares that like this is the relationship that Piera and, and, and Glover have. They're like best friends, training partners. I mean, Glover always calls him his son. You know, that's my son over there. And like he said it during the interview, and he's like, I'm just gonna get my son ready for his fight. And like Piero, when they were doing the handshakes, Jamal Hill went over to him and gave him a handshake, and Piero just death glared. I'm like, and what a boss oh. move would that be to just go beat Izzy and and then leave the division and and never fight him again? <laughs> That'd be so Stone sick. Steve Austin back in the day, two middle fingers, just hitting it up. Like, I don't give a shit what I do. I'm just gonna beat the shit and stomp stomp mud holes in people, right? Like, yeah. so that's, it'll be interesting to see. Alex Piero could beat anybody. I mean, that guy's the fucking scariest individual in the UFC. There's no doubt about it in my mind. You had the Undertaker in WWE of Alex Piera. In <laughs> so pretty comparable. But um, yeah, let's get into more moving parts about what's happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, this one we have to talk about. I hate talking about him, but hey, he makes the needle move, right? So uh, Jake Paul has entered the MMA pool. He has signed with PFL. Um, and I, here's what I'm going to give you. Uh, I've seen his training videos. I mean, his boxing got legit. He, he, we can admit to that. I mean, his boxing head movement, his hands, he's a better fighter than a lot, I think a lot of people are giving him credit for. Uh, I remember his first like leg kicks that he had like a video of about a year ago. And I was like, Oh Jesus Christ, he's going to try this, isn't he? And then I rewatched his new clips and I'm like, all right, he's a student, man. He's learning. Like those kicks are decent. They got some torque to him. He's moving his hips. Right. Um, but I mean, this is PFL doing this because they're fighting for ratings. And this is what I'm talking about when I said earlier that Bellator might be in trouble. There's been numerous reports that Bellator might actually be folding uh, in the next little while. So that is something to really pay attention to. That's why I think you're going to see Francis Naganya go to PFL. And that's just a little a little thing that I think you guys are going to see happen soon. These are just hot takes, remember. This is not, there's no accuracy to this. These are just rumblings that are going on. Um, I work for Bellator. So I'm a media credentialed employee of Bellator. I don't know, man. Like, I just don't know what the general direction is. They did the whole thing with Rith uh, Risen, and I don't think it did what they wanted it to do. I don't think it really showcased, like, Bellator dominated. They went 5-0. and oh. um, But I just don't think it showcased their athletes the way they were hoping for. And they paid a lot of money. Like, I mean, Scott Coker made a, uh, paid a lot of money, and the pay-per-view buys were pretty damn low. So, I mean, that's a big investment for not a huge draw. And I don't think a lot of people, I watched it, but I don't think a lot of people really got hyped about it, which is really, really unfortunate. So now Jake Paul enters PFL. Jake Paul's a multimillionaire guy, man. And, and see what you want to say about this guy. He's calculated. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. He moves the needle, as we said. But him going to MMA, this is going to be like, I don't know who fights him. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of rules are we getting with this shit? Yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to to think of it, just because it's uh, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know how how this is gonna go. Like he could go in there, get choked out in forty five seconds, and then like, and then what? Like yeah. It's uh, we just gotta. I like I just gotta see his how he does, and then make an assessment. I guess because. Yeah, it's just hard to tell, you know? Like, everyone said this whole boxing was only going to be a fight or two, and now look at it. It's, like, still going how many years later, right. still making money. So, yeah, I don't know. 
it'll be a very interesting time in MMA for PFL, especially. And I know why they brought them on because I mean, realistically prime energy or prime drinks is going to be their sponsor for sure. They're going to make a ton of money off of that for PFL. This is a big business decision. Like you took a fucking gamble, right? Like, I mean, you did, you, t- you took a shot on a guy who doesn't have a single fight in wrestling, amateur wrestling. You haven't had a fight in MMA. He's bought, he's fought boxers and, and, and former, you know, YouTube stars and, and guys who are 43 years old. So, I mean, somebody made a joke that Henzo Grace is going to come out of retirement and try to fight Jake Paul. And I giggled so hard. I'm like, that would be the matchup that Jake Paul wants. Um, and the world would just giggle at it too. And it probably doesn't happen, but he actually invited Nate Diaz to come over um, and, and fight him. And he said that he'll do, you know, the boxing thing. And he'll also do MMA oh, yeah. with Nate, which is cool. I, I like that he offered that or presented to him. And then, and then Nate Diaz goes on Twitter and posts a picture of the Ryzen logo. And I'm like, obviously he's not going to PFL. So <laughs> that matchup's never going to happen. So who's next? I don't know, but Hey man, again, Jake Paul, whoever he takes on, you know, the world's going to watch it. It's big money for PFL. It's going to be able to like, again, just the endorsement with prime, I think is going to be pretty big for them. Um, especially because like, there's a lot of free agents out there right now. And if Bellator does shut down, that opens up a huge talent pool of a lot of very talented fighters that could go to PFL, Risen, One even. I know a lot of guys have been taking a look at One lately and what they've been yeah. doing. Uh, one's in a lot of trouble too financially. They lost $146 million over last year. That's a shit ton of money. So, I mean, there's all these weird organizations. Say what you will about the UFC and not paying their fighters. There's a reason why they were able to sign whoever they want because they have fucking money at the end of the day. They're not throwing gigantic stacks of cash at people, and they're doing it strategically. I mean, for Francis Naganu, not to re-up, and we'll talk about that in a bit, for the amount that he was offered is bananas. But um, if you guys did watch the card, you'll notice that Dana White was not in Brazil. Uh, we haven't had a podcast since all of this happens uh, and the situation that happened on New Year's. I'm not going to really dive into it too, too much. I think it's been pretty beaten down at this point. Um, but, of course, we haven't been around, so let's talk about it. Uh Obviously, a video of him and his wife uh, had a bit of an altercation at a nightclub in Vegas. Uh, you could tell that both of them had been drinking. Uh, she threw a shot at him uh, and then slapped him in the face. And then Dana kind of slapped her back when you're opening up a division called Slap. Probably not the best look in the Power world. Slap. Probably not the best best look in the world at that point. But, uh, I mean, this for me really damaged. Like, I, I have always been, you know, like Dana's a hothead. We know that. Dana's very opinionated. He's very, he's Dana White. Like, there's no other way to put it. Dana White is Dana White. He's his own character. Um, I just think, man, this is a hard image for him to shake off. And I am honestly yeah. glad that he was not in Brazil. Yeah. I And I, uh, like, listening to his, statement or i guess uh that he was weak i mean i i think like it's i don't know like what's he supposed to say you know like what he was saying like it might have been weak but it's like it's like what else he's like he doesn't have to work ever again so it's like yeah, yeah like take him away for a year like that doesn't really affect him would like find him that really does like he has the freedom of unlimited money so like that doesn't affect him and he has to live with losing respect from people that used to respect him from friends from family from so it's like fire him that doesn't affect like how do you really 
Like, what what are you supposed to do? Well, the guy has more money than God. He's got more right. fucking money in his bank account. And than that's me. and that's the issue, I guess, that I think he was trying to say is like, like I I have now a, a issue with my family, with my kids that know that they seen that video. That sucks. Everyone who who did have respect for me no longer does. That sucks. Yeah. Like like what else is there for someone who has unlimited money? Like I guess yeah. that that does hurt a lot. I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it would for me, anyways. Uh, you know, like like I've known you for how long, Andrew? And if you all of a sudden turned your back on me because of a stupid move I did, like that would hurt me. I for sure it would. So Absolutely. I know it sounded weak, but I don't, I don't think it was as weak as you think for somebody who has unlimited money. Yeah. I thought about that after too. Like, I know I say the comment of weak. I just said, like, I guess I mean in that aspect of weak is like, just, he didn't seem remorseful at times. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. That, and I was like, yo dude, like, and, and again, it's the hand in hand that he is opening up this new division and this new thing called Power Slab, which has taken, you know, social media by storm lately. Um, I'm just like, yo, I, maybe you want to hit the pause button on running that for a little while because, you know, I just don't think it's a good look. And I mean, the ratings weren't great for their first one. It, yeah. It and just do don't great. and just don't run it because it's a stupid idea. <laughs> well, I mean, that too, man. And like, listen, I'm not going to because apparently these people are still called athletes still. Um which loose term, very loose term. Um, but I watched a little bit of it. I honestly, man, if I got cringed to bare knuckle fighting and, and, and I, I, again, I still think that's one of the craziest sports out there. Dude, I'm watching this power slap thing and I'm watching like people's fucking souls leave their body. And I'm like, yo, what are we doing? And then that face, that video or that picture went viral yeah. of, that, of that guy's face. It's literally sticking out to here go get a fucking job. Like, I mean, there's, there's better ways to make money, especially cause I know they're getting paid like two grand. Like I'm not having a swollen yeah. face the size of Memphis because I'm in a power slap league. Like I just, I don't get the pizzazz of it. I think it's fucking useless. Um, and if this, this comment makes me never get a power slap job, I'm not going to be upset or offended by it. If they never want me to be their spokesperson, then I'll be the bad guy on this it's stupid. It's fucking pointless. Um, you know, like, and, and I just, these people, like it, you, you look at some of the caliber of the people that are in this and you're just like, Oh, Lee, fuck. There's gotta be better for you, man. Like there, there just has to be. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, uh, it's like one of those, like, it's one of those hard situations. Cause it's like, obviously they're adults, but it's like anything comes with a price as well. You know, it's like when it, everyone has families to take care of, they have rent to pay, and it's like you can convince somebody with enough money to stand there and take a slap to the face, you know, and that's where it becomes a little bit sad, you I know? Think overall, I just think the longevity of your life, man, like just watching these people get hit as hard as they get hit. Like, again, you can't defend yourself. You're just a wide open walking CTE case. Yeah. And I mean, that's the issue that I have with this. And I, and I understand Dana's going to capitalize on anything that he can, because that is who Dana white is. Again, we just talked about it. Um, but I mean, realistically, I'm just watching this. I'm like, yo, we can't be promoting this. Like, 
I won't like we're talking about it right now. This will probably be the only time we talk about it. I'm not talking about this shit because it's fucking yeah. dumb. It's stupid. It's pointless. You look at these people like that. Like I said, that's all that photo and everybody texted me and they were like, oh, what do you think of this? I'm like, it's a joke, dude. It's an honest joke. Bars bar slaps were back in the day. I remember, you know, you could go out and you'd see a guy get a little fucking in one and he would hit somebody with a slap. You're like, oh, we probably not doing that again. You know, but like to do that for a living and to have divisions and weight classes and just like. I don't know, man. These like, and again, we talk about, you know, careers being shortened and people's lives being shortened. And, you know, we had some scary cases of stuff going on and not just, you know, the UFC, but in the NFL, like we've had some weird health issues happen recently. We should be promoting mental health and healthier health a lot more than fucking promoting a slap league, which is just a walking CTE case. Like, and, and it's like, it is the same as a punch. If you don't think it is, you don't understand. It is. You don't understand. It's a, you're getting punched in the face with your hands down. And it's like, uh, if you don't think it is, go watch Boss Rutin because 80% of his knockouts are from slapping people. So uh, it is. It is. <laughs> Nick Diaz in the Stockton slap. Why do you think he used it? No one defended it, right? Nick Diaz did the same thing. I mean, they never really threw punches. There were a lot of Stockton slaps in there. But I mean, again, but those you have the chance to at least block that in that, in yeah. that sport. Like you can at least do your best to move head movement. These guys have to stay stationary. They're getting fucking teed off on. I mean, and I felt so bad because they, they posted that photo of that guy after the day after. And like the significant damage at your overall face, yeah. like you're like, like how, how often are they doing it? But that's the thing. Like if your face looks like that, that tells me that you've yeah. already had damage significantly. If your skin's that raised, that's like it's crazy. Yeah, it's so, honestly like it's like glorified, like that that bum fight that was such a controversy. It's like glorified that, like bum fighting. I forgot. Yeah, for real. Because it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you enough money until you say yes to do something you probably don't want to do because you wouldn't do it for free. Like when I'm I'm boxing, I I pay to go spar and like I pay people to do that. It's like uh. It's crazy. So it's like, would you do that? Would you let someone slap you over and over again for free or yeah, pay somebody yeah. to do it? No. It's like you need the money, so you're going to do it. So it's like it's kind of glorified that, you know? It's, it's glorified bum fighting. I forgot all about this shit, dude. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you fully, man. I think Slap League is not going to last very long. Um, Terry uh, commenting, going, "Side of Buddy's face look like a rotting pumpkin." You ain't, <laughs> yeah, you ain't for real. Like that's, that's the best way to describe it. I just think of like long term health with this shit. Like, and I mean, UFC has already been questioned about their health concerns and the way that they've been handling things there. Like, how do you handle that? Like, there's just no way. So, um, I'm gonna be the unpopular guy, and I know that we are your home for combat sports. That is not a fucking sport to me. Uh, this is a one time and one time only that we're going to talk about it unless somehow, uh, it gets into the mainframe of being a popular thing where it's now tied in with the UFC for some weird reason, which fuck, it's probably going to happen. So at some point we'll talk about it, I'm sure. But uh, for now I I'm, kiboshing, I'm kiboshing this shit. Um, it's a joke. It's a fucking gag. Um, and, and those people that are doing it for a living, consider doing something else because your longevity of your life is, is not very long, my friends. So make fucking smart decisions that's not one of them um all right smart decisions best for business john jones 
back yeah. in the UFC, yeah. baby. Yeah, speaking of bad decisions, John yeah. Jones. <laughs> yeah, let's tie this into bad decisions. Uh, let's talk about the guy who ran over a pregnant woman in his vehicle uh, while high on cocaine. Um, he's back in the UFC, folks. He's doing big things out here. Um, that probably didn't help the slap rep. The, anyways, uh, John Jones back in the UFC. I know personally one of my favorite fighters of all time. Guy is absolutely a monster. Moving into the heavyweight division, um, I had reported it as well as Lewis Simpson MMA. Uh, I'm going to take credit on this one for the first time ever. Um, we kind of worked hand in hand with Lewis Simpson, which was really, really cool. We shared his status on our Facebook, and we were actually one of the first organizations in the world to break that news because what happened, uh, T-Mobile Arena, whoever the employee was, probably getting fired, uh, posted up on their LED banner that uh, Cyril Gaon was going to be taking on John Jones uh, for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Now, it wasn't the Ingram Championship. Um, it was for the UFC Heavyweight Championship. And I went, wait a minute. There's some legitimacy there. And I hope it wasn't just some gag, some guy on fucking Twitter or Instagram that was making some bullshit up. So Lewis and I were talking, and he literally had a rep that was in Vegas who contacted us and was like, yeah, this is for real. So we brought – I like to say that we were helping – break that news so that was some of the most investigative research i've ever had to do in my life but john jones is going to be taking on cyril gone for the ufc heavyweight championship john jones has re-upped his contract with the ufc for another eight fights which means he's exclusive to dana white and the crew for the rest of his career um huge move by the ufc this was yeah rocking a hard place for for Dana White because Francis Ngannou literally the heavyweight champion had kept the title off the books for a year he literally said I will come back when you pay me what I'm worth now what did he think he was worth eight million dollars is what Dana White offered Francis Ngannou which if you know Francis's story that's a shit ton of money and I am surprised he denied that contract the other part that he wanted was a um I think it was a renegotiation of advertising uh, for camps and stuff like that. And then fighter health, uh, like some kind of like almost like benefits, if you will. Um, health I think and, and a negotiator in the meetings to rep, rep the fighters, I think. Correct. Well. And, and I mean, that starts from, and I, we talked about him earlier. It comes to Jake Paul saying fighters need to be protected a little bit more than they are. And I think that was Francis Naganu's time to be like, well, I'm the fucking champ of the baddest division in the world. Let's, let's, you know, let me be the man who's spokesperson for it. So again, Dana White handcuffed, like you either continue running this division with a temporary champion in Francis Naganu, or you bring back John Jones, who looks like a goddamn beast right now, mm -hmm. uh, and is coming into the UFC as a heavyweight contender, jumping literally from light heavyweight to heavyweight, being the number one guy. But fuck, does he have a mountain in front of him? Cyril Gaon is as badass as they come when it comes to the heavyweight division. Yeah, I think this is... Uh... A solid match. This is gonna. I'm excited for this because uh, all all jokes aside, I I whatever like Jones fight wise, he's awesome. You know, he's like one of the best to do it ever. And I think this is a good first match because he's either just gonna get picked apart, Whew. or you know, like Gone got out wrestled by Francis. Correct. So John Jones, very good wrestler, folks. Right. That could happen. I mean, I, I've been looking at these photos and these training videos, and I'm just like, holy shit. Say what you will about John Jones, but my goodness. Like, this man's 250 pounds right now, and he would probably kill me. I'm 240. He's killing me. Like, tomorrow. 
Like it, it, like today, right now, if you want to jump to this TV screen, I'm probably absolutely fucked. Um, yeah. But he's a monster, and he's always been that way. He's a calculated fighter. He's got unbelievable hands. His precision has always been there. It'll be interesting to see if that precision keeps up when you gain a little bit of weight, how the tank holds with him. But he's taking a year, man. He's taking a full year to put on this weight correctly. So I, I'm, I'm saying I don't think I've heard a lot of people rumbling. Oh, he's going to gas out in that first round. He's going to throw a lot of stuff. Hell no, dude. He's been working with Henry Cejudo. He's been working with Cejudo. He's got a great camp behind him. He's in Albuquerque, obviously. He's got Holly Holm in his corner, too, to sharpen up his skills. I mean, I know that's crazy, but she's a fucking phenomenal kickboxer. So, I mean, this thing is only going to get better for John Jones. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, like, Cyril Gaon is a goddamn animal. He yeah. destroyed Tai Tuivasa. It wasn't even close. Poor Tai. He's just, I love Tai, but that was a bad matchup for him. Um, and of course, Cyril beating, you know, pretty much everybody in that division, but you're right. The one thing that scares me about Cyril gone is that he got out wrestled by Francis Naganu, who is not a very good wrestler and no. by any stretch of the imagination. And John Jones is an NCAA champion in that. So, I mean, yeah, give me John Jones. I know that we just had, uh, Terry comment and say he's going to get smashed. I think this fight's a lot closer than people are going to give a lot of credit to this fight probably goes three rounds i'm thinking i kind of expect it to be a feel-out process for jones in the first round uh like a welcome to the heavyweight division type thing because cyril gone is also that guy who likes to take his time um in most of his fights and then he picks people apart because he's just so fucking powerful uh there's not an ounce of fat on either of these guys especially at 260 pounds or whatever they're gonna fight in um i'm pumped man this is gonna be a great card and, and i'm happy to see john jones back and, and as much as people hate john jones hey guys it's like Conor McGregor. It's best for business, right? It's 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 asses in the seats, right? And and he's never lost. You know, he's backed up everything he said. So he got. That's I just all. hope he has. I just hope he has better people in his corner this time around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really hope that like if he does want to go on this run, that's a big contract for Dana to offer out. Like, that's eight fights is a lot. Most guys in that caliber get four fights and then it's a re-up. So mm -hmm. the fact that he got eight is insane to me. Now, there's a lot of fun contests. If he loses, who says no to Tai Tuivasa and John Jones? Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just a fun fight. Who says no to that? You know, like, I'm not saying this is be-all, end-all for, for John Jones, but he's got a lot of options in this division. Heavyweight's relevant again. It's fun. I mean, there's a lot of great names that are in there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is best for business. Dana White knows what he's doing. John Jones sells out crowds. For it to be the first fight in Vegas, I'm a little worried about just because of John Jones's past. Uh, I just hope he, he makes the fight. No bullshit happens. No fuckery happens. He just is the best John Jones that we've ever seen, which is crazy because I feel like we haven't even peaked that yet. Like, I think, I think we just got a taste of what it's like in light heavyweight. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's interesting too, because if he does win and then go on a bit of a streak, he's really the only guy from the previous generation to like hold up with these new guys whereas everybody crazy. else couldn't do it because the new breed is just they're crazy they're like they're they're just better trained better equipped faster stronger uh and if, if john jones is the the one guy from the the old generation to to keep up with these guys then you i don't think denying his goat status is even possible you know, I love that we I love that we have to use the term old generation because yeah. the guy is only 32 years old. But like I mean, we, forget, <laughs> we, for, we forget, we forget that like at 24 years old, he was the UFC light heavyweight champion. 
Yeah. Like, we forget how fucking dominant he was at 205, beating the likes of Lyota Machida, like a standing guillotine, like just mm-hmm. killed him and just dropped him. And like Lyota's body just left to Bellator. Like it just goodbye. Like it was gone. Um, and then his like dismantling of Shogun. Like it was just like you you never seen something like him. And, and the thing is, he's so 32 years old. He's only getting better. Now, I agree with Terry makes a great point here. The long layoff does worry me. It yeah. does worry me, too. It does. Don't get me wrong. As much of a fan I am of John Jones, that layoff does worry me. Uh, and the only reason why is because that's a long time to be outside cage side. He hasn't fought since 2018. So that's a long friggin' time away. But I also know that he needed that time away to get better in his life. Like, let's face it. I mean, there was so many bad things. The cocaine use, the partying, the DUI, the arrest, hitting a pregnant chick, as we just alluded to, the court cases outside of it. Like, the world was his. Like, honestly, if he does not get arrested, I mean, we're probably talking about him retiring now. You know, like, he's probably beaten everybody and lapped them. Um, but again, all those things that came outside of this, I, and that's why I'm so worried about this being in Vegas is that I just, I hope Henry and his team that is cornering him are like, listen, John, we know what you're capable of. Let's pull you back after the fight's done. We'll go somewhere. We just can't be doing what we were doing before. And I think that's, that's what it's going to come down. It's always been John Jones versus John Jones. It's never been John Jones versus anybody else. It's John Jones versus John Jones. So, I'm praying because I'm a fight fan that he figures this out. And this is the chance. You agree? Yeah. And the, the funny thing too is like, uh, you know, because he had a couple close fights, you know, uh, his last couple fights. But if you had like a highlight reel of what the three month training camp looked like for his opponent and him, it would be hilarious. I bet. Cause I bet you half the time he's in the club He's drinking, he's doing drugs, and these guys are just clean, freaking training as hard as they can, and this guy still pulls off the win 100%. And that's kind of funny. Like you said in the the press conference when he's taking on on Daniel Cormier for the second time, he's like, buddy, I whooped your ass, and I was high as fuck the night before. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's so – it was a terrible thing to say out loud, but it was hilarious. I was just like (laughs) – That's that's my guess, fucking true. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's his own worst enemy, so I really hope that he figures this out. Man, moving on, yeah. we got a couple more topics to get into. Uh, Tyson Ferry uh, and, and and Mr. Usyk, they're taking their award to social media. If you if you have any kind of fight program, make sure you're paying attention to that because that's a lot of fun right now. They're going back and forth, a lot of heated exchanges. Um, Tyson Fury's camp has sent the contract to Usyk. Usyk has apparently agreed to the contract. I'm not sure what the nice. stipulations are yet. There hasn't been a lot of like groundbreaking stuff in that regards and usually the world boxing championship takes forever for us to know what the parameters of all these fights are just usually how it is um i'm excited about this matchup if it does happen but if not tyson fury went to social media this weekend and said he will fight francis naganu welcoming to open arms and if you remember after his last fight uh he had francis naganu in the ring with him and he said, you know, you can get it too. So he's just like, he is. So apparently from the stipulations that I understand of what would happen if they fought uh, four ounce gloves, uh, eight, eight rounds, not 12 is what I think was the initial thing. They both have to weigh in at 260. And then what was the other stipulation? Oh, yeah. Mike fucking Tyson is going to be the official. Oh, yeah. Mike Tyson. What? Yeah. What? Like. God damn! Like I know, I know, I'm, I'm excited about Usyk and Fury because that is literally the fight I've been looking forward to 
uh, for probably the last two years. And I want that so bad because we need a heavyweight champ. We need one crowned heavyweight champ um, for all of boxing. And that's a fight to make. But I mean, God damn, dude, if you give me Francis Naganu, four ounce gloves, 260 and, and, and have to fight, they have to fight in England, correct? I, I don't know about the location, but I'm, I'm guessing they would get the biggest building they can find. <laughs> yeah. And they're just going to put two behemoths in that ring and they're just going to tee off. Now, do I think it's a good idea by Tyson Fury? Fuck no. I think it's a terrible idea because again, boxing gloves being four ounces, uh, oof, that's a lot of power. It's a, it's a big fucking man. That's going to be punching you. And, uh, yeah, he, he's going to have some absolute bombs going off. Uh, Demi coming in. Hello, damn, damn. She is saying Tyson. <laughs> what? Yes, that is a stipulation. Uh, part of what uh, he wanted to do was to make the a, more of like a fan event, um, mm -hmm. especially because boxing is is on the peak right now of having all this like, you know, attention being paid to it, which is awesome because for a while, not the greatest. Um, but man, Mike Tyson as the special official, this is some WWE bullshit, and that's why I love it. Like. I mean, this is this is a fun fight. And if it happens, it happens. I don't think guys are going to go out there to tee off on each other's heads. It's obviously going to be a battle of, like, Francis said he was tougher than me. Then fucking bring it, Francis. Let's see what you got, kid. Because everybody that's called Tyson Fury out, besides Deontay Wilder, hasn't really finished him. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of moving parts to this. But I think what you're going to see is Usyk, Fury. We're going to get that w WBC contract. I'm not sure where the location's going to be held. Um, obviously, they can't do it in Ukraine situation pending obviously there um so i'm assuming it's going to be either in vegas that's my guess because it'll be a neutral site for both of them i can't see them going back to i can't see them going back to england and the only reason why is because fury spot his last three fights there um so i just think it's going to be neutral ground I, i'm a, i'm going to say mgm grand it's probably going to be in vegas tickets are going to be fucking nosebleeds will be 1900 dollars. um what do you think yeah I, i'm I'm excited. I'm excited for that fight. I think that's the only fight in the heavyweight division to make. Uh, and I just want to see, I just really want to see what Usyk can do uh, against Tyson. Because Rabbit. as I'm in my mind, as I play it, it's very hard for me to see him win, but he's very good. What and I really like it. Yeah. I, yeah. Just throw a lot and move a lot. There's nothing the rabbit can do to quote Tyson Fury. <laughs> Fuck, I love Tyson Fury, man. He makes our shows better. Uh, okay, well, we're going to quickly dive into segment two. This one is called Into the Future. We only got two things to talk about before we wrap things up. Like I said, this one is going to be a longer podcast for us just because we haven't had one in a month. So uh, UFC 284 taking place very soon. We have Alexander the Great Volkanovsky taking on Islam Mokchev. Volkanovsky moving up to 155 in that lightweight division. Uh, I watched the stare off of them this weekend. I'm a fucking worried for Alex Volkanovsky. He is giving up a ton of height and a ton of reach to Islam Makachev, who is already a goddamn beast as it is. Yeah, that's a... This is like a similar one. It's very hard for me to see Volkanovsky pull this off. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, Makachev, he's so good. And uh, it's like... His... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If, if Alexander can do this, I'd be amazed. I would. But he's kind of low to the ground, so he might be able to stop those takedowns, you know? He's already yeah. down there. So, uh, but that's tough, I think. Makachev is just a fucking animal. 
Like, I mean, he yeah. proved again, Charles Oliveira, man. He, this is gonna be nuts. Now, here's here's a little like little tidbit of information for people that might not be following the fight game as much as religiously as I seem to do. Um, don't be me if you want a life. Um, Islam Magomedov will be without Habib Nurmagomedov because Habib Nurmagomedov has retired from coaching as well. Yeah. So um, that's a big loss for Islam Makhachev. I mean, you could see the presence that uh, Habib had in his corner in that Charles Oliveira fight. And, you know, after they won the title, he gave that title right up to, to Habib right away and was like, this isn't for me. This is for my, my coach, Habib Nurmagomedov. Like, he is my guy. And now you don't have that. Like, you've got new coaches. Don't get me wrong. The Dagestani fight pack, they're fucking insane out there. It's not like he's going to be a bad fighter. It's not like he's going to get worse. He's probably still training in the gym. He's just not a coach, right? So, um, Islam Akachev's a monster, but Alex Volkanovsky's on this fucking tear. Pound for pound, number one fighter in the world in 2022. Um, and, and just, he's good, dude. There's not a hole in his game. Like, when it comes to wrestling, unbelievable. When it comes to throwing hands, calculated like there's really not one bad thing i can say about alex volkanovsky and he's beating fucking everybody in that division so now he's moving up for a little bit more of a glory chance right and you know islam is i don't think islam's giving him a ton of credit or a ton of respect and i mean rightfully so islam's on this fucking incredible streak himself but i mean volkanovsky hits hard and he hits hard at 135 or sorry can you imagine with this weight gain that he goes up to 155 like He's Makachev's got to be careful, man, because Volkanovski has knockout power, and the fact that he's getting ten pounds for this fight is huge. Because he's going to gain—I know I say ten pounds to move up to that division, but he's probably putting on thirty pounds after. Like he's—he's—and yeah. and for those that don't know, there was one point in Alex Volkanovski's life when he was playing rugby that he was two hundred and seventy pounds. So like, he's. He's gonna be ready. Like this fight is 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 a very great stylistic matchup because both of them are great wrestlers. Obviously, we know that. Both of them can strike with precision. They're clean. They're crisp. Give me this fight. I'm excited for it. Um, early predictions. Way too early predictions. Cole, who are you going with? I think uh, Islam decision. I'm gonna go is I'm gonna go Islam third round. I just think I like Volkanovski. I do. I'm not saying he can't win this fight, folks. I'm just going way too early predictions here. Islam is longer. And that photo after I saw it this weekend, I'm like, oh, boy. Like, I didn't realize how short Volkanovski was in comparison to Makachev. Now, if he thinks Makachev's short, congratulations. If Volkanovski wins, he's going to have to fight Charles Oliveira, who's taller than Makachev. So it's like, <laughs> yo, you're you're in a weird division. Now, I, I like the fact that Volkanovski might stick up. He said that he, he might stay up there and, and surrender the 145. And then, of course, we've heard the rumblings of Cejudo coming back. So you never know if that's one of the matchups that gets made where Henry and somebody else. But if he stays at 155, man, there's a lot of intriguing matchups for Volkanovski where he can just be himself, like that stand and bang brawler. Like, give me Michael Chandler versus Alex Volkanovski. Like, yeah. who fucking says no? Justin Gaethje versus yeah. Alex Volkanovski. Who says no to those fights? Yeah, th that's huge. That's huge. There's, like, lots of moving around, and that's that could make a lot of things exciting. So that's cool. Yeah. They got a lot of good moving parts in the UFC right now, and I, I'm happy to see it. But uh, let's get into boxing. This is the last thing we're going to talk about today before we sign off here. Um, this fight is going to be unfucking believable This is one of the biggest buildups I've experienced when it comes to two prospect fighters um, and two guys, rightfully so, who deserve the respect that they're getting right now. Ryan Garcia has just had this, like, in the era of social media, he has just taken off. 
Like, it's just like, it's incredible. You see the one shot challenge that everybody's doing with that nasty right hand. Right. And, and, and if you can take that punch, like, I mean, Francis Naganu fucking did it and he was hurt. And Ryan Garcia is literally like a buck 30. So it's like, this kid is for real. Hasn't lost yet. Unbelievable fighter, but he's going to be taking on his hardest opponent to date with Tank Davis. Man, this fight. I talked about 100 or 50 cc's of blood. Give me those other fights. Give me 100 cc's of this fight because this is something I have just dreamed for. Yeah, this is huge. This is this is very exciting. It's exciting. Uh, it's exciting that so many it's like that that top level boxers are fighting more often, uh, and I, I just hope it keeps up. And I hope that people don't lose their value when they lose. And then they just fight top level fighters all the like. This is huge. This is like, uh, uh, this is crazy. Like, I'm I'm so excited for this, and I, I think Davis is the better boxer. I agree. But just Garcia's athleticism is is his speed. His it just like makes makes it like anything could happen kind of thing. Garcia got taken down, I think, in that last fight, if I do stand corrected. And a couple he, a couple fights ago, he got dropped. Yeah, and, he, and he, he bounced back up pretty quickly, like pretty efficiently. Again, young, good cardio. Yeah. Your legs are probably with you. Um, and everybody was like, well, if Tank Davis fights him, that's a knockout. So here's yeah. a chance for Tank Davis to prove that. Um, now, with that being said, Tank Davis almost, like this fight almost didn't happen. Because yeah. four weeks ago, he got arrested. I'm like, oh, shit. This fight isn't going to happen now. And then you had guys like uh, Rolly Romero, who was calling out Garcia, too. And I'm like, I love that matchup, too. I don't hate it. But I'm just like, I want Tank Davis. And then all of a sudden, you know, like this last week, I was like, oh, okay, they're still doing this fight. Thank goodness. Because, I mean, this is what the fans want to see. We've been asking, as boxing fans, Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia has been, what, two years in the making? Long time. Like a really a long, long time. time. Like even like, I know that like guys are like, well, what about Terrence Crawford? I'm like, yeah, but whoever wins this fight, maybe, you know, I, I would like to see them face them too. I think there's in this division, especially that weight class, there's so many talented fighters in the WBC that like you could make unbelievable matchups. Like even if you got Garcia or Davis, you know, versus Terrence Crawford, like even uh, Lomachenko yeah. and, and Haney just got matched. That's, That's huge. That's a huge That's matchup. Huge. Like, and then so, you got Rolly Romero. Like, you got Rolly Romero, who's no fucking slouch either. And I'm just like, there's so many good matchups to make yeah. right now in this division. Things are happening. I, yeah, man. Things are boxing's picking up, dude. If you're mm -hmm. not watching boxing, you need to follow us because we're gonna fill you in on all this stuff every single time we do a podcast. Because man, boxing is just blown up in the last three years. I mean, it's crazy how far it's come. Uh, way too early predictions for this one, Cole. Your pick. Uh, Davis by knockout, probably in like the eighth or ninth when Garcia starts to slow down. Yeah, here's how I picture this going. Garcia is going to finish it by round three. And the only reason why is because he's got to stay fresh. Now, Tank Tank knows that the longer it's just like anybody who fights May Mayweather, right? The longer this fight goes, it does not favor you, right? Mayweather's that kind of guy. And Davis reminds me a lot of that, too. It's just like the longer the fight goes, you're fucked. Like, Come into my world. So yeah. Tank Davis, I'm going to go way too early prediction. I said I'm mean, Garcia maybe three, but I'm going to go Tank Davis. I'm going to go ninth round TKO with probably 30 seconds left. Mm -hmm. So that'll be, my, that'll be on my betting card in the way too early future. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this was great, man. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, again, where can people find you, my friend? Everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Sandman Boxing. Come find me. Fuck yes. Now, again, <laughs> uh, unless you lived under a rock and you missed the part, uh, the intro to our show today, um, congratulations going out to you and your beautiful wife, man. Bambino on the way, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, make sure to check out Sam and Boxing System. You can actually get your team girl, team boy shirts. Or if you're just team neutral and want to support, uh, you know, Sam and Boxing System, make sure to go check them out on Facebook. 30 bucks a, a shirt, correct? Uh, 40, 45 for the hoodies. Okay. So uh, the crew, crew neck hoodie, pink, brown. We got these brown because it, no matter what, it will be brown, <laughs> and then blue or pink. <laughs> Cancel culture just called us. <laughs> We're taking an early exit, folks. Uh, season three's been great. Yeah, we had a lot of fun here. Uh, no, that's. I mean, not wrong, uh, but that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um, no, man, like I said, we're, we're all really excited. The Boomtown family is excited for you, man. Um, I know that we didn't post it. I wasn't going to post anything, so I was waiting for you to make the announcement. But um, we will share that on our socials so that you guys can check that out. Uh, I want everybody to get a, a shirt, um, support the family, uh, and, and just root, man. Like, that's what we're all about. We're rooting for the home teams, man. Our sponsors, you know, they believe in us, and we believe in them. And uh, this is what it's all about. Uh, Demi just commented and put two little hearts. We love you, girl. Uh, all the best throughout this. Um, and shout out to, you know, my sister. Uh, she's mm -hmm. going to be having a baby in the next, I think, two weeks. So, yeah, her and Demi have been uh, talking back and forth quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm getting ready to be at Uncle Times, too. So it's, it's pretty exciting in my life, man. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we're going to be back a lot more frequently. Like I said, there's just a big lull that we have um in between december and jay uh but we again are going to be doing some great things in this upcoming year um i know cole's really working with his classes um doing some great you know stuff over there if you guys wanted to actually pay attention to his socials he posts some great clips some great boxing techniques for you to use also some boxing fails that make me fucking laugh every single time i watch one of them uh but yeah no we appreciate you guys so much the support has been unbelievable we are back this is season three. We are so excited to be here, and there's going to be a lot of combat sports to talk about this year, folks. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. And once again, we are the Boomtown Pod. You can find us on all the things listed below. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out at bluecollarmg.com. We're streaming on Spotify, Anchor, and all Apple Podcasts. We are your home for combat sports. <laughs>